guys in short sports, Los Angeles. It's rivalry week, people. This Saturday, the USC Trojans take on the UCLA Bruins at what can only be described as the greatest rivalry ever played in the history of sports. Okay, that might be overstating nope, it. Nope, Just a little no, bit. No, it's not. No? You nailed it. Not at all? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you listen to the show, you know that the representation of Bruins to Trojan fans in here is slightly lopsided. So joining us to balance things out is UCLA football writer for InsideSoCal.com, Tukni Nguyen. She'll be joining us a little later on. And she's actually our second female football expert in as many weeks. It's two for two. We're on a, we're on a roll. I'm, I'm excited oh. about that. Yeah, we need to do this way more often. Yeah. <laughs> as usual, we will also, of course, be talking about Lakers, Rams, Kings, all that good stuff. Let's talk to the guys. I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Darren Besa. What's going on? Oh, yeah, nice. Well done. good. Ben Garcia. Whoop-de-whoop. And Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. I'd like to take this time to apologize to Clay Helton. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're not at that oh. segment yet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He just, <laughs> the foresight. Oh. I love it. I love it. We That's will a good get thing. There. I will gladly apologize to Clay Helton. I love it. Um, before we get there, uh, Vic Costello is not joining us tonight. He has a sick kiddo at home, but That's he did text awesome. to make sure... Oh, did you guys hear that? That's oh. a that's a Victor update. Uh, this just in: uh, Corey Seager has won Rookie of the Year. There it is. And there we, need, we needed to give Victor his due there for his bold prediction. His bold yes. prediction. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Vic called that one way back at the beginning of the season. You Corey know, actually, Seager, as time goes on, our Bold predictions are getting bad? a little yeah. bit closer. We know if you make enough of them, <laughs> That's some the name of, of them the game. are bound to. <laughs> we're about quantity, not quality. Yeah, you throw enough like. darts, some of them are going to hit the bullseye. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where you start hearing our bold predictions and you go to Vegas and you do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably smart. That sounds, win, like win. that sounds like you're Richards. I'm going to win the or the Cy Young Award. <laughs> <laughs> um, How dare you? Yeah. Still, still too soon. All right. <laughs> Let's talk some USC football. We got the big game this weekend. Uh, yes. We, it, we are going to be coming into the rival week hot. And I just want to start with a big shout out to Mr. D1, Big Ben over here. I got to give him a shout out, give, give him his props. I thought USC was going to get into a shootout with the Washington Huskies averaging 48 points per game. Uh, but Ben said the defense was going to need to step up to win the game. And the defense was unbelievable. We held the number four team in the nation to just 13 points. Wow. And it was a huge season defining win for Clay Helton, which and is why I wanted to apologize at the beginning of the pod because he has turned their season around. And of those 13 points, seven seven, seven of those points Lucky. came off yeah. of a Dory Jackson falling down, Slipping. losing the coverage, and then that went for seven points. So if you take just that single play out, the defense actually held them to six points. Wow, yeah. So what Impressive. a week. What a week. So I, I, like I mentioned, it was a season-defining win for Clay Helton. Uh, he's shown so much growth in his coaching ability, and it, you kind of have seen a, the learning curve. So, since starting one and three, he's really turned things around. They're playing so much better, and it's it's almost frustrating uh, to a certain extent because you realize how much talent we have and what we could have done Um had we started Sam Darnold or had these players been playing like this at the beginning of the season, but they really did have to learn to play like this. And Coach Helton needed to learn how to make these adjustments. So it shows a lot of growth. Uh, the game shook up the college football t- 
playoff. There was a lot of upsets, so uh, that win, that, that loss for Washington really shakes up things in the college football playoff picture nationally. So this wasn't just a big win uh, in Pac-12 play. This is a big win nationally. So it was great to see USC make some noise and get into the top 25 again. So they're ranked again. Uh, even with three losses, they're, they're outranking other teams out there. So it's just USC just looks good again. I feel like we're back. You know, the, the bad oh, hammers on the upswing. <laughs> as, Sanctions and all. Yeah. Uh, there it is. <laughs> as a USC fan, I love the fact that SC was able to go into Washington and to beat them away. What I don't like is that really Washington was the Pac-12's only undefeated team that was almost that was almost a shoe-in to me for the, the four-team college football playoff. But now that they've lost... I think that it eliminates. So yeah, Pac-12 might not get a spot. I think it eliminates them from the the college football playoff contention. So now we might have two Big Ten teams, or two SEC teams, or somewhere or some some uh, other teams filling in for that spot that normally would be ac- accounted for by the Pac-12. Yeah, the playoff loves them some SEC teams. They so do. I'm, I'm sure we'll see some of that. But going back to the game, USC got off to a little bit of a slow start. It was a loud atmosphere in Washington, uh, so there were some jitters at the beginning. Sam Darnold threw a pick, uh, but they held Washington to just a field goal. So at the end of the first quarter, it was 3-3. But once the game settled, in the second quarter, Sam Darnold was magisterial. Whoa. I just have to say it. Look it up if word, you don't know what that it? means. Sounds exciting. That's, he was just he was just amazing. He sliced and diced through the Washington secondary. He had a 68-yard drive and ended with a, a pass to the back of the end zone to Darius Rogers. And then he followed that up with another 82-yard drive where Ronald Jones punched it in. So they were up at the half, 17-6. And then they were going to get the ball back to start the second half. So it was all thanks to Sam Darnold. He showed that when the bright lights are shining and when the pressure is on, he is going to get it done. And you could not ask for a better performance uh, from Sam Darnold. Once and, and what a difference between uh, Darnold and, and Max Brown. Yeah, Because unreal. I felt that when Max Brown was playing, and even when he play, comes in to play like those mop-up minutes, you, he just doesn't have the confidence. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's night and day. And so, you know, you, you look at teams – without a quarterback and you know and everyone's like well you can't win without a quarterback and you think to yourself does that really make that much of a difference well if you look at the two seasons that USC mm-hmm. has had it was Max Brown and it was it was Darnold and that was the, the minute, only difference the yeah. minute that they made that change it was almost instantaneously the other players on the field believed in him he believed in himself and the enthusiasm of the players the coaches of just the way they were calling plays everything changed because of one player mm. Wow. That makes all the difference. Are you listening, Rams fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Does Goff have that? <laughs> so in the Please. second half, Ben mentioned it earlier, Washington was able to climb back and make the game close. So Dory Jackson slipped and uh, the, got away from the coverage. So they were able to capitalize on that, cutting it to just a four-point lead. And then the turning point came when uh, there was a USC interception and Washington was looking to kick a field goal to make it a one-point game. And then they blocked the field goal yep. and a Dory Jackson scooped it up. And that was the turning point of the game. Absolutely. Sam Darnold kind of picked it up from there. He led them on a nine-play, 60-yard drive. He threaded the needle to Daniel Imotorbebe. Oh. So that's a second week game said that name. Yeah. So, you know, Immortor Bebe is the new Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I was going to yeah. say, that <laughs> might take over my Juju Smith. Where's, where's Juju been? I think he's disappeared. Teams are, are probably covering him more. So so Darnold is needing to thread the needle and make things happen. So I think that's what's happening. I'm going to give Juju the benefit of the doubt. The teams know that he's probably the most dangerous receiver there, and they're they're probably throwing double coverage yeah. at him more often than not. So he has been quiet, but Darnold has found those third and fourth options, which is his strong suit. Well, and to be honest, actually what I found this week 
when I was watching the games was that they had dedicated themselves to the run so much mm-hmm. that those linebackers were sucking in to the point where they were just doing crossing routes five, mm-hmm. five, ten yards in, and the linebackers were in so far that that whole territory Threading was completely wide open. Yep. So as long as they were to beat whoever their individual coverage was, they were wide open and they were going down for first downs. And you know when they weren't running the ball, they were su- successfully passing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when they were looking for the pass, they were being able to run the ball consistently. So you know when you take the number four team in the nation and your offense was clicking like that, yeah. I actually made a statement to one of my Alabama friends that if we were to play Alabama now, we'd only lose by twenty one points. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. That's a Bold great prediction. analysis. There we go. So I also want to give a shout out to Dory Jackson because he had himself a game. Even though he slipped up on one play, he had two interceptions. Yep. So he had two interceptions on the night. He scooped up that blocked field goal. And uh, towards the end of the game, the defense was just in Jake Browning's face all game long. The Washington cornerback just quarterback just looked defeated. With even in the first down half. rushers. Yeah, they weren't just, even blitzing and yeah, they were making pressure on they him. They were just wow. all over him and his body language. He just looked like a defeated man. A guy who was a ha- uh, Heisman candidate hmm. and, and just on fire. USC just went in there and they just punched him right in the mouth. So it's it's just it's just great because we got to see <laughs> Sam Darnold do his thing. Our defense was on fire. We, we embarrassed another team on uh, their field. So it just feels great. That's the fun thing about you great. being bipolar is, uh, <laughs> is the upswing. Oh, the upswing is so good. So enjoyable. Yeah, the sweet so is happy just for so you. sweet. <laughs> you know, if, if the Rams keep, uh, keep it up, they're going to be able to give up six picks to draft Sam Darnold in 2019. Oh, perfect. There we <laughs> 2019, go. 2019, nothing yeah. next season. Good luck. <laughs> so I, I have a question, and, and I, I think I know what my answer is going to be, but I want to hear what your answer is. See how well I know you. Adoree Jackson is three years in. He's got one more year of eligibility. And he's ready for the NFL. I think he can make Mm. NFL money. Do you think that the team is good enough where he may think about sticking around with Sam Darnold now in his second season and a lot Mm -hmm. of the returning players that they're going to have and another season under Clay Helton's offense and defense that they could potentially – because if you think about it, if they win out and – and somehow they can get into the Pac-12 championship. They can start being in that conversation of possibly, you know, they probably won't make it, but making you know the uh, the play, the college playoffs. Yeah, get it. Make us make some could, noise. Could they get close enough where he thinks to himself, "I want to win a title. I'll come back for the last season." At the beginning of the year, if you asked me that question, I would have said Dory Jackson is going no matter what. I think so. But the way they have finished. They're going to make him think about it. Yeah, They're yeah. going to make him think about it because he plays cornerback. So it's not like he's uh, a lineman or a running back where he's more susceptible to injury. Yep. He's in a position where he's most likely, knock on wood, not going to get injured. So so he, he does punt return, though, which, which is— Yeah, the punt returns is— is where he uh, he might have a little bit of trouble with the injury, so that he might end up going, but he might have himself a decision to make because who wouldn't want to come back with Sam Darnold doing what his do he's doing the Clancy Clancy Pintergrass getting the defense to do what they're doing, so so who knows he might have a decision to make. I like it. All right. Well, this week is a special week, especially oh, yeah. for me being a uh, UCLA alumni that when did you go well, to UCLA? Like, I took a UCLA extension class. Oh, so oh, here technically we go. I'm alumni. But uh, <laughs> did you take basket weaving that or was weak, uh, you know? <laughs> eh, it was, it was screenwriting. Oh. But uh, <laughs> see that's even worse. USC has a has a better uh, film program. What are you doing? Uh, that's why he's doing this. He wasn't a successful my alma mater like that. Don't you dare. 
USC versus UCLA football. And because it wouldn't be fair to do USC fans talking UCLA football. <laughs> yeah, you saw me. I'm no good at this. I'm all USC all the time. That's, I'm not going to do UCLA. <laughs> especially on his upswing. Especially this week. Yeah, and especially on the upswing. We have a caller. On the line with us, we have UCLA football writer for InsideSoCal.com, Tukni Nguyen. Yeah. Ooh. Welcome. Tukni, welcome. Woohoo! I'm making my very uh, triumphant debut on this podcast. I'm excited. Absolutely. So tell us a little about your history with UCLA football. How'd you become a fan? I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh, I, I really am. I'm not. Um, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. I was born there and grew up there. I moved down to LA maybe a year and a half ago Okay. to work. And that's kind of the extent of my relationship with UCLA football. Okay, so then, well, it actually just started this year in spring when I got moved onto the beach. So okay, nice. so nice objective yeah. lens you'll have there. There you go. So yeah, well, yes. how how'd you get started with? So how'd you get started with InsideSoCal.com? InsideSoCal.com is our blog. is a blog system for the Southern California News Group, and I interned with what was then the Los Angeles News Group. Two years ago, when I was in college, I went to the University of Washington, and I interned um, as a college student. I went back to school for a year, just, just finished my degree. I majored in journalism and mathematics there. And then as I was, I was getting ready to graduate, I just kept emailing my bosses, hey, do you have a job? Do you have a job? Because I was that really desperate college student looking <laughs> for a job. I was there and, not too uh, long ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, it ago. was a long time ago, Ben. <laughs> That's at least two decades, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? Sorry, it took me. We couldn't let that one slide. <laughs> I'm young at heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and they said yes. They moved some things around for me, got me a job. And then I was covering preps and professional soccer and some other stuff for about a year. And then they moved me to UCLA uh, at the beginning of this. Um, at the beginning of spring camp. So I've been on UCLA since March. Does that benefit you as a writer not being a fan? Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me, uh, all all sports writers will probably say, I won't say all, a statistical all. <laughs> so like 99.5% <laughs> sure. will tell you, you that it's major. not their job to be. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's not their job to be a fan. And how I kind of explain it to people is that my number one priority on all days I come to work is my story, 100%. It needs to be good. It needs to be correct. It needs to be fair. It needs to be accurate. And I give every ounce of myself to making sure the story is right. So if I'm coming to work and making sure I'm worrying about my story, I don't have enough caring cells in my body left. Yes. <laughs> to care about who wins. It's just too much of an emotional toll. I'll tell you that for, for real. That's so interesting. I never it, thought of that. It, it, it's, it, it's an emotional like day. Going through game day in the press box, it's very crazy, chaotic, especially on deadline. Like this week is going to be a 730. So, you know, for print reporters, deadlines like whizzing by and it's third quarter and you're just like, I don't have any words that are coherent, but something <laughs> needs to go in the paper. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird life becoming going from like sports fan to sports writer because you really have to kind of take that fan part out of you. 
So you you mentioned it. This is a huge week this week. It's a rivalry week. What are your expectations for this Saturday when USC takes on UCLA? After I've watched UCLA for, what is it now, 10, 10 games? And so I think I know them pretty well. I haven't watched much of USC because I'm always busy watching watching the Bruins. But I know <laughs> Again, that the we, Bruins we aren't for that. good. <laughs> I know that the Bruins aren't good. So... I don't expect them to win this game. I don't expect them to run for more than a hundred yards. Um, the defense, I think will play well because the defense always plays well or almost always minus that one game against yeah. Utah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's not going to be that close. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the feeling I'm getting. But the one thing is you can kind of throw records out the window when yeah. it comes to these rivalry games. Cause you know, sometimes yeah. you, you say like can be on a down year and, and they'll play, they'll play USC tough they no knocked, matter what. They knocked USC out of the uh, national championship, but probably it's almost 10 years ago now, but it was that game. And I don't think UCLA went in with a good record and they played well yeah. and USC overlooked them. So yeah. you, you can never overlook UCLA, but I do tend to agree with you that UCLA isn't looking very good this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's the 10-year anniversary of that 13-9 game, I believe. Is that right? There you go. Yeah, that sounds about right. But enough about that. <laughs> so so you were kind of mentioning how, how UCLA is having a rough year this year. The Bruins are kind of having a down year. Jim Mora is under contract until 2021. Do you think he makes it to 2021? I don't. But that's not an indication of just whether he's a good or bad coach. I think it's just because the nature of kind of the profession that he's in right now. Not a lot of coaches stick around that long. Yeah, that's a long. You know? and it, it would have been, if, if he does get to that time in 2021, it would have been nine seasons. That's a really long time. No, no Pac-12 coaches, except for Kyle Whittingham, who obviously was there before Utah moved to the Pac-12, have been there that long. Um, Mora, believe it or not, is actually one of the more longer mm-hmm. tenured coaches in the Pac-12. Uh, I, th- I believe David Shaw is the only one to predate Mora and a few other coaches uh, in terms of Pac-12 teams that were originally in the Pac-10 slash now Pac-12. Yes. And then so it's just not very common for coaches to stick around that long. So just to, to piggyback on that, so that that's just kind of playing the odds. Do you think um, the Jim Mora is the problem or do you think it's more players or, or what do you think the issue is with the Bruins? Well, I've only been here, like I said, since March. So I don't really know much about what happened last year. I know that they had a lot of injuries and that's just kind of a, kind of unlucky. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. You just can't help it that day or that year. This year, I think the coaching staff got stuck in between who they are and who they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. They wanted they wanted to be a Stanford because they were just so tired of losing to Stanford. <laughs> and so they're like, we're, we're just going to fight fire with fire and we're going to be powerful. We're going to run it downhill. We're going to be that team. And then they thought they could, but then when you look at it, they didn't recruit any guys to be Stanford. Like they, they were coming from a spread, Noel Mazzoni. They spread it out they, to run the ball. They, they have that just wasn't then Mm -hmm. and so they spent so much of the season trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and then halfway through they're like oh that was a bad idea i don't think this is going to work and so now they're still kind of figuring it out and it's like 10 games in the season and it's just too late for that man 
It's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that. I actually saw an interview with Jim Mora. It was on Colin, Cow- uh, Colin Cowherd probably three or four months ago. And one of the conversations before he was hired as the coach that he had with the uh, athletic director was the athletic director asked him one question. What do you think of our team? And he said, I think you're soft. <laughs> oh, your favorite, man. Yeah. Your and, favorite. And so he said, you know, that if he was the coach, that he would make you more hard-nosed. And so it's funny that you made that comparison to Stanford because that's who Stanford is and has been since John Harbaugh took over and turned them into the powerhouse that they are. And I totally agree with you that they just don't have the athletes to compete with that style of uh, football as it stands today. It's going to take them time to recruit. But Moore has been there for a couple of years now. So maybe his style of football isn't working or maybe he's just not able to get the recruits because they're going elsewhere in the Pac-12. To use a mathematical term, there's not congruence with with what he wants to be and what he is. Correct. So anyway, uh, I, I kind of want to piggyback on you know when maybe the season was lost. So Josh, Josh Rosen was was injured. It was a, a clear, huge loss for the team. What do you think would have happened in the season had he still been in the fold? And how do you think the season would have ended differently if he had stayed uh, healthy? Man, these hypothetical questions. <laughs> I, mean, I know we're killing you. If I, knew, if I knew the answer to these questions, I would be doing a different job, coach, getting right? paid a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. Coaches make a lot more money than me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't think Josh Rosen's injury was the problem. Yes, I, I tend to agree. An incredible talent. Yeah. he's an incredible talent. I think that's pretty obvious. It's unfortunate the results that he's gotten, because um, I don't think his talent is indicative of the, his wins and loss, losses. But you look at that team; they can't run the ball at all. Yeah. they're. I think they're second to last in the entire country. I think they're sandwiched between Georgia State and Texas State. At, yeah, you're not going to win a lot of bottom. games. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games yeah. if you don't have a run game that's going to support the pass. Exactly. And I mean, Josh Rosen is not a quarterback who is going to add to the running game. He's just not. He's a he's a very good quarterback in his own right, but he doesn't save offenses like that. So he needs a little help. And also, he can he can air it out as much as he wants. He can make every single throw there is, but he doesn't have receivers to catch his throws. Keep dropping the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's also a problem. You can't throw it and catch it. So you can't run it. You can't <laughs> yeah. throw it. Yeah, yeah. There's no, that doesn't leave much left. <laughs> you have a couple Rams fans in the room here too, so we know all about that. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. <laughs> Except the offense is completely yeah, reversed. Yeah. You guys yeah. can't pass. Guys, yeah. <laughs> so, so you kind of mentioned the run game being be, towards the bottom of the the NCAA. They did break have a breakout performance against uh, Oregon State, if you want to call it a breakout performance. Do you think that they'll be able to to replicate some of that against SC? <laughs> breakout, considering that they hadn't run for I think more than fifty. <laughs> Large in a yeah. game since <laughs> high rusher for of like 65 seven yards, weeks. Right? <laughs> um, so I, they had a little bit of, of help with they had a little bit of life in the running game, let's say, against Oregon State. But I think that's just because Oregon State is not a good team. Mm-hmm. I, they were 10th in the conference in rushing yards allowed uh, entering that game, and U- UCLA didn't even reach that mark. So they were still UCLA was still held to below the average that Oregon State usually gives up, which is, I believe, more well, a fair amount more than 200 yards. Are those rushing yards b- because they're not committing to the run, where they don't have enough uh, touches, or is it in the, and they just kind of quit on it, or are they actually you know getting 25 touches and averaging half a yard a carry? <laughs> uh, against Utah, they did not try to run the ball at all. 
Okay. So he just put it in Mike Faithful's hand and let him try to try to throw him to victory, which was actually kind of close. Okay. Um, yeah, they made a game out of that. But, that was yeah. when they lost in overtime, right? No, they. Uh, oh no, no. it was fifty-two forty-five or something. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but besides that game, they've been pretty committed to the run, relatively committed, um, because that's just who Kennedy Palomalu is. He, he himself is an old fullback, an old USC fullback. <laughs> uh, so he he's committed to that. He he likes to see that. He's the running back's coach, so he doesn't want to turn his his back on his own position group. Um, so he's really committed to trying to make it work with the running backs, and so is, I believe, the rest of the offensive coaching staff. But when they keep running for uh, like half a yard, and I think they had an eighth of a yard against Colorado for carry. Ouch. They, they look at themselves and they're like, no, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this isn't us. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. They're not about this. That's the opposite of physical. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you something, Tukni. You're you're making me feel real good about this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Tukni, before we let you go, we got I got I got a question for you here. Uh, your Twitter page says you're a superhero aficionado. Ben here oh, hates yes, anything oh, to here do go. with superheroes. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, this is. Do you not like fun? What is I know. You don't like I fun, know, right? You don't like happiness. I love happiness, but I find happiness in other things that aren't superheroes. <laughs> he hates the magical and the. He hates anything magical and and fun, like you just yeah. said. Yeah. Well. So, what's the best superhero movie we could get him to watch that would show him the light? Oh. The best superhero movie. Just tell me I'm which one has the my... shortest running time, and that's the one I watch. <laughs> now do the opposite. Now give him the longest. <laughs> <laughs> I myself am a Marvel fan. I would. I myself am a Marvel fan. I believe Captain the Captain America trilogy is the best superhero trilogy. Ooh. Nice. Close, closely followed by Christopher Nolan's Bat the oh, Batman, Batman series. Does, does my However, favorite. does Back to the Future count as a superhero? Oh, movie? No, Come on. no. What ben, planet are you from? Here. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Tukney, they're oh, not very nice to so me. So good, Tukney. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much. Uh, before we let you go, how can uh, our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Tukney21. So that's T-H-U-C-N-H-I-2-1. almost forgot to forgot how to spell my name there. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you can uh, visit me on my blog at insidesocal.com slash sports. No, Flash UCLA. That is not my website. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, so you can visit me on my blog at insidesocal.com slash UCLA. Fantastic. Awesome. Tukni, awesome. thank you, <laughs> thank you thank so you. much for, for joining us. We appreciate it. This was great. So, great. Thanks, guys. That was fun. Very cool. That uh, nice. you know, it's it's cool because you forget that uh, not all sports fans are writers of their team. I didn't even think that that was an option. Yeah, like to be honest with you, if <laughs> you, you were a non-sports yeah. fan, I thought you were covering politics or you're covering recipes. Yeah. by you know some some person who doesn't know how to cook. I mean, that's what I thought. It so to me having because you would think that you have to have some sort of perspective when you're writing about it. You would never ask me to write about superhero movies because I'm not going to go watch the other ones. <laughs> well, you're not but objectionable, you're, but you're but you're dedicated and uh, no, you, you not, appreciate your job so if that was your job I would, you'd follow through and, and, and you know to be honest <laughs> did you grow up loving electricity 
I did. I was fascinated <laughs> by it. It used to power all of my favorite toys when I was a kid. All right. We, we're going to take it a right, quick, Jeff. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come back with uh, some Rams, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, all that stuff right after this. Here in L.A., we love our weather and sports teams, but we do not love our traffic. With a car accident every six seconds, we all know someone who's been in a fender bender. At Garcia Chiropractic, we specialize in relieving pain caused by sports injuries, car accidents, or just the stress of sitting in daily traffic. Our x-ray analysis ensures you get the treatment you need. Have you had a sports injury or been in a car accident? Know someone who has? Go to DannyGarciaDC.com to schedule a new patient exam. We're so confident you'll love your first visit, we're willing to pay for your gas. Mention guys in shorts and you'll receive a $20 gas card. Again, that's DannyGarciaDC.com. Schedule your exam today. We are back. Time to talk a little Rams. Just a quick Rams because if you want your Rams talk, you need to check out the guys in shorts Rams show. But we do need to mention Rams got back in the win column this weekend with a victory against the Jets. Can you call it a victory? victory. victory. I mean, it's still a win. An ugly win is still a win. (laughs) Yeah. Right? There'll, there'll be more excitement on the Rams show than there will than there was in four hours. The question is, is what can you talk about a nine-six game for more than three minutes without barfing? Well, our defense. You'll, you'll and have the to kicking, listen right? to the Rams and the show to yeah. find out. I'm sure hate Mr. Hate Couch over there will uh, find plenty to to talk about. We beat the Jets nine to six, and I'd give you some stats, but there was nothing exciting whatsoever. <laughs> give you stats, oh, but one. it was nine to six. What about Case Keenum <laughs> right. not throwing an interception? There you go. Hey, oh, two. There, we go. there we go. Congratulations. You mean passing record holder Case Keenum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Still that. unbelievable. Uh, the Rams are now four and five, third in the division behind Seattle and Arizona. That's that's about that. So for more, <laughs> go see the guys in shorts Ram show. Moving on. The Lakers. Yes. Talking baby about Lakers. something positive. Hashtag baby Lakers. How about them, Lakers? Since our last show, the Lakers have gone three and one with wins versus the Kings, the Pelicans, and a loss to the Timberwolves. Their record is now six and five. They're third in the division behind the Clippers and Golden State. Wow. And <laughs> mo- most important, and where I'd like to start, is during the week, during that Kings game, Ben ate a little crow. I did. And said that this Lakers <clears throat> team is something to be excited about. I I am taking a huge back step here. I was absolutely wrong to start the season. I actually sort of anticipated the Lakers going through much a longer time for these growing pains. Uh, You know, Luke Walton being a first-time head coach, even though he had, what, 35 games Mm -hmm. or something last season, you know, this being his team, and then you having so many 22 and younger guys on the team, and then after the Nick Young and D'Angelo Russell thing last year, Mm -hmm. I just thought there was so much turmoil going on that it wasn't going to get solved right away. And then you lose... You know, probably the 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 anchor of the team, like uh, Kobe Bryant was. It was, was like, he I didn't a big know, deal? I didn't know how <laughs> this team was going to react. And I'll tell you, I when I watched that Kings game, I was and you know after what happened with Golden State and 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 all these other little things that have sort of been happening throughout the season, I, I'm going on record right now to say that I think they're going to be close to 500. I, it, wow. They're wow. going to be anywhere between 35 wins to 42 wins this season. But that's just not you saying it. It seems to be more and more. The media, yeah, us, yeah. more, you know more what fans is? are saying that. They, they, and, and, and I'm not just going to jump on a bandwagon because they win a couple <laughs> games. What I, what I saw was that they now, for the first time in four or five years, have an identity. The last time that they had an identity was when Phil Jackson was there. You knew what you were going to get night in and night out. Mm-hmm. You had the triangle offense. You knew that they were going to go into the big fella. You knew that they were going to pass out and that they were going to do... 
you know, give and goes and things like that. And what I saw in the offense was that they were doing high pick and rolls, that there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of passing. And you yeah. didn't see that in these last couple of coach Byron Scott teams and these last uh, who were the other coaches um, Mike D'Antoni and whatever mm. it just it didn't look like it had good flow they had the wrong players for the wrong system or something was going on and now they've got a coach that matches the players that they've got mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it and they and they've wow. talked about running through a wall for Luke Walton I yeah. Mean, yeah. They, you can tell that these guys will do anything for Luke Walton he's out there practicing with his guys yes. taking charges nice. yeah. Awesome. Great yeah. Video. so yeah. I mean that that's exactly what a group of young guys like this needs and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. I watched a little bit of the inside the NBA after the Kings game and Kenny Smith said something interesting. He and it was more of a, a knock on the Kings. He was saying that when he turns on the TV to watch the Kings, he doesn't know what he's going to see. But with the Lakers, you you know what to expect now. Did he really say and, that? And he said the Lakers, he said, you <laughs> yeah, know, maybe not, they're not yet, but you have an idea of what you're going to see when you watch the Lakers. Yeah. Now. And I think the thing with that Kings game is that they fell behind and they came back. Yes. Because yes. if you are you have a young team and they go out ahead and they keep a lead, that's one thing. But when you fall behind and then you claw your way back to beat a team, that shows a lot more. And then that the loss to Minnesota – that was on the set, uh, back-to-back night, yep. so they looked tired. And Minnesota, that's kind of like they were the Lakers last year. They had a lot of young talent. They were putting it together. So Minnesota is yep. not a joke of a team either. Correct. Minnesota has a lot of talent. So that loss really isn't too bad. So to go on the road and go 2-1, and one, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I would have said, I, I was saying the playoffs, no way it's going to happen. Me too. But they, they might be they're fighting sitting, for an eight spot. They're sitting in the eight seed yeah. right now, where they, they did to start today. Who knows? <laughs> so the, it's, it's oh unbelievable. Oh, gosh, that's exciting. Oh, wow. Lakers. Hashtag baby Lakers. <laughs> Good stuff. So I, I just want to add one more thing. Yeah. Um, and that is that we got time. I think that the Lakers, for the first time in at least four or five seasons, actually have the parts now that when they go into next season, mm-hmm. that they can attract a star. Unfortunately, yep. I don't think that there's the star that they're looking for mm-hmm. in this upcoming class. But who knows? They're on the map now. They're on the map, and maybe they get that B-plus player mm-hmm. this offseason that can, that can help them. And then, you know, uh, the year after that or the year after that, then, then you know, somebody will become available and say, you know what, that's the team that I want to land on. And it's not too far down the road where they might be looking at a championship. Oh, I love wow. it. What do you think about Boogie Cousins? That guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like him anymore. Yeah. You know, I didn't like him because I felt that he was immature and that he did stupid things on the court. And you know what? I don't care if you score 25 a night with 10 rebounds. If you're an idiot, you're an idiot. You know who was an idiot for the Lakers years ago is Nick Van Exel. Great player. Oh, wow. Yeah. The guy used to, you know, drop threes and then he used to walk down the court with his hands going down like he had huge <laughs> <Yeah>. balls. Like, <laughs> you know, but he, he was the guy that in the huddle during the playoffs, when they're down three games to none in a playoff series, says Club Med because he wouldn't want to play anymore. Like, you don't want to have a player on yep. your team that's a poison. And I think mm-hmm. that Boogie is a poison. And I think especially with this team and this chemistry yeah, that you don't these young guys that. seem to have, whoever that star is, he needs to fit into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that, I, I think, think that's, that's why he was so mad after that Kings game. Boogie wanted to be a Laker. So oh I yeah, like, I like what you guys well, have I'll tell there. You what, jealous. Who wouldn't want to be a Laker? <laughs> and you know the points and statistics say that if you can get them, you bring them in. <sighs> but I, I don't, I don't. I don't think that you, with a young team that's influential the way the Lakers are, that you bring them in. Yeah. Love it. All right. Of course, we have to talk about them because (laughs) they're they're (laughs) beating us Uh, in the standings, the Clippers. Well, so let me just start by saying that the Clippers are 9-1 and and have the best record in the Western Conference right now. They were number two in the ESPN power rankings. And you prefer the Clippers over Golden State? 
Absolutely. In fact, I, I agree. I, I yeah. went on record. Well, I, not on record here on the podcast, but I will today. I was talking to some friends at work earlier today, and I made the comment that I think that the two best teams in the Western Conference right now are going to be at the end of the season, the San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Clippers. I actually think that either of those two teams in the playoffs, if they are faced with Golden State, will beat them because I think that Golden State is soft. I've, I've mentioned it before. <laughs> no. They're soft and that those two teams <laughs> inside, <laughs> those two teams inside are going to dominate. They're going to pull down rebounds. They're going to force them to be three-point shooters and I don't care if you're shooting at a 35% clip. If you've got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan making 99% of their dunks, Two feet from the from the from the basket. <laughs> That's where you want DeAndre with versus, the ball yeah. versus thirty five feet with a three point shot. You're mm-hmm. going to win every night with a guy that's dunking the ball. And and I think that the Spurs with the inside presence that they've got with Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge, I just don't think that Golden State is going to compete. And at the end of the season, they're going to have them some decisions to make because they've got three guys that are their stars that are going to be up for contract. And so I think that team is going to look completely different because they won't be able to afford the team that's there. So they're, they have to win it this season. And I think that the Clippers and or the San Antonio Spurs will beat them. And just to give the Warriors a little bit more credit than Ben's giving them, these super teams, when they're put together, never get it done the first year. When it happened in Miami with LeBron and then when LeBron went, went back to Cleveland, that first year there's always – you always have to figure it out. So this is the first year of the Warriors with this quote-unquote super team. So I don't know that they're going to figure it out but, this year. So they're ripe for the picking but at the for end the of the Clippers season, to keep they, doing what they're doing. Yeah, so Steph Curry becomes a free agent at the end of the season. Who's going to want max money? Andre Iguodala is going to want a really good contract because he's been a six-man. He's up for contract at the end of this season. And there was one other player. I can't remember who it was. But there, And that there's a third player that's very productive. and I can't remember his name. But anyway, the guy. They're, they are going to have some decisions to make. So they're not going to have the time that, that year, the maybe. Miami <laughs> year, uh, Heat had because they had all those guys signed to five-year deals. They're having to do it this year. And then if things don't work out, they can have several guys actually leave the team. You Not to go back to Lakers, <laughs> but would you take any of those guys? <laughs> The only one, Steph Curry, maybe. No, I would not take Steph Curry. (laughs) The only one on that team who's not available that I would take was Draymond Green. I love the way he plays. He's the one player that I really do like. But uh, the Clippers, on the same token, if they don't win it this season, Blake Griffin's up for contract. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul is up for contract. So whether they win or not, this Clipper team could look a lot different next season. So I think that these guys are looking at themselves in the locker room. They've been together for four or five years. I think that if there's a time for it to happen, it's when youth matches with maturity. And so they were young for a lot of years, and now they're mature. I think that they know what it takes to win. Got a decent coach. They've, they've got a great coach, and they've had consistency amongst the players. So they know where people are going to be. Jordan has been with them for a long time. Griffin has been with them for a long time. Chris Paul has been with them. So when they go on the court, the other players already know where they're going to be. There's no thought process of, well, I didn't play with this guy last season. What am I going to expect from him? So I think that really if their, their key is they have to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, I see them running, you know, one-two in that Western Conference all season, and I think that they're going to be a front runner to make the NBA championship this year. If I uh-huh. didn't know any better, I'd think you were a Clippers fan. <laughs> you could be a beat writer for <laughs> nice. the Clippers, apparently, because you don't have to be a fan of the team. And let me, <laughs> apparently not. And let me tell you, the writing is on the wall. Leicester City. The Cavs, the oh, Cubs, oh, here Portugal we go. winning here we the year. Oh, oh, the, the Clippers are going to get it, it done this year. Oh, in there. my gosh. <laughs> Count it. Guy. And the Raiders. <laughs> All right. Before we go, let's do, just do a quick Kings recap. The Kings, since the last show, had four games 
They unfortunately lost three of them to the Canadians, the Senators, <laughs> and the Jets. They put a whoop on Toronto Maple Leafs, though. I like that. Who hasn't Anytime done that, Anytime you though? whoop on Canada. I don't know. In hockey, I think it's reversed. Like, they're <laughs> traditionally putting the whoop on us. That was a 7-0 win for the uh, Kings. 7-0, wow. So the Kings scored more touchdowns than the Rams. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so pathetic. <laughs> you know what, actually, that you bring up the Rams. I would rather watch, uh, after oh, watching here some go. of that game. Here we go. After watching some of that Rams game, I know this is going to get edited, but after watching that Rams game, I would rather watch a Galaxy game. Oh! Wow! Do not cut Ooh, that out. Even, 90, leave that wow. even 90 minutes of a 0-0 score. It's 90 minutes of shit. You guys... <laughs> You guys, you guys have TV timeouts, halftime, all this other crap and you know that what lasts you're way longer. You know what you're getting. 90 minutes, you're in, you're out. I, you know, true. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was doing a little multitasking during the game, so call me. I'm going to call myself out. I was actually in Huntington Beach uh, having brunch, and the ocean is out in the background, and it was kind of hard to pay yeah. attention to the game. <laughs> Nobody missed much. So it was a lovely set. Yeah. Let's not really skip nice. over the fact that you were having brunch and staring at the sunset. Oh, it was a delight. It was a delight. <laughs> what, was, what was his City, name? Simsies. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Really. <laughs> we got to get out of here. It's getting thick. Before we do, FanDuel, Eric, congratulations. Oh, come I didn't on. Seriously? How much money did I win? 171 points. You're I welcome. It was, uh, I don't. I don't remember how much. Darren, you took second. Oh, that's nice. 160 points. And a shout out to Jason Gallo, who took third with 137. You guys, Jason, got in there. They did really well. Though. 171 me. and 160. Wait, I that, hope you played some of the big money games. That's what you great won coaches some big do. Money. Nope. Did you not? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm walking away a big loser this week. 71 <laughs> gets you. Gets you nothing. I did play. I did play in a separate, uh, and I did win a little bit, but nice. not thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> oh, come on. You got to put two kids through college. I know. What's the... <laughs> yeah, there's no better way to do it than gambling. Yeah, gambling. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> gambling their fortunes. All right, we're out of here. We are Guys in Short Sports Los Angeles. Follow us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts LA. Find us on Facebook. Visit the website, guysinshorts.com. Leave us a voicemail. That's always fun. 562-450-3356. And as always, please share the show with everyone you know, even if they don't like sports. We're fun, right? Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Take it. Friend. You know, review it, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks again to Took Ni Win. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Writer at InsideSoCal.com for the UCLA Bruins football. That's it. We're out of here. For Darren Besa, Ben Garcia, Eric the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I am Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.